0: Last week, we started a brand new message series titled People Matter, and we're looking at God's thoughts towards people. And last week, we started with a sermon titled All Lives Matter, and I do understand that um, it was a little bit heavy um, towards the end, but thank you to everyone who um, threw me back some feedback, um, let me know that it was encouraging, uh, and that does make a big difference to me as well, because sometimes... Um, I don't get any of that feedback, or not enough feedback, um, and so I'm really glad that people were encouraged by that. Um, Tonight's message is titled, Families Matter to God, and we're going to begin by reading the most used passage in wedding ceremonies, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 to 31, and it's going to come on the screen at the bottom. Here we go. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Saviour. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Amen. Marriage is a state of life which we believe God himself has provided for his children. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, says that at the beginning, the Creator made them male and female. And for this reason, uh, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and the two shall become one flesh, so they are no longer two but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. The Bible teaches that marriage is a symbol of God's unending love for His people and that the union between Christ and the church is what it represents. And so he urges the husbands to love his wife as Jesus Christ loved the church, and that the wife must submit to the love of the hus- love of her husband as the church does to Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is not something to be entered lightly or carelessly, but with serious consideration for the purposes for which it has been given to us. Marriage is a lifelong union in which a man and woman are called to give themselves wholly to one another, that from their union will grow a deepening knowledge and a love of God and for each other. In happiness and in the sorrows of life, in prosperity and adversity, they share companionship, faithfulness, and strength. Marriage, in marriage, a new family is established, so children may be born and nurtured in secure and loving care for their well-being and instruction, ultimately for the glory of God. This is the beautiful picture of marriage that God gives to us in Ephesians 5. And if we jump to Ephesians 6, we see in Ephesians 6, we see um, some verses that address parents and their children. So let me read that, verse 1 to 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth fathers do not exasperate esp- your children instead bring them up in the training and instruction of the lord what another beautiful picture that scripture paints us of what family was uh, is meant to be the way that god designed it starting from a union of male and female coming together, two becoming one. And then from there, the gift of children and this harmonious relationship where children honor the parents and parents uh, raise their children in a loving and caring and godly way. This is what God paints us a picture of as family. This is God's purpose and desire of family. This is the way God wanted it. And so, when I read these verses, and I look in society today, I have one question that comes to mind that I'd really love to ask God, and it's this, God, what happened? What happened to to family the way you designed it, and where it's at now? What happened to this beautiful picture of marriage? that was designed by you for us and yet it's where it's at now what happened how did it go from something so beautiful how did it go from something so so lovely to what we have today now before we jump into any conclusions Let's do something that I love doing the most. Let's go to some statistics. This is for the year two thousand and eighteen in Australia. Okay, there were one hundred and nineteen thousand, aha, uh-huh, one hundred and eighty-eight marriages in Australia. Okay, and that's a a, a rise of five point five percent compared to the year before. Seventy-nine point seven percent of males and eighty-one percent of females married for the first time. And then four out of five marriages were performed by a civil celebrant. Okay, These are just stats that are coming out of the Bureau of Statistics. But also in 2018, there were 49,404 divorces granted in Australia, which was similar to 2017. For those divorcing, the median duration of marriage was 12.3 years. And 47.3% of those divorces... Involved children. Now, these are just statistics. Now, I'm I'm not going to draw out opinion yet. Let me just share these statistics. What about these children? Now, a a statistic that I found when we talk about, uh, let's move away from marriage, but let's talk about parents and children. A statistic found in 2015-2016 in Australia, once again, in that calendar year, 45,714 cases of child abuse were recorded. 45,000 cases of child abuse. The four main types of child abuse, emotional abuse, neglect, physical abuse, and sexual abuse. Now, it's once again, it's very different to the picture that God paints us in Scripture. Now, you've got to understand, even with the child abuse ones, they're the figures that were recorded. And we just assume that there'd be many more that weren't reported. Now, you want to talk about the current state of family? I found these statistics from America. Okay, I'm not sure what year. I think it's either 18 or 19. One in eight children today are born to a teen mother. Now, this is just in America. One in eight children. One in eight. One in three children today are born to parents that are unmarried, although they may be cohabitating. So the the picture of marriage and and children has very much become distorted. One out of 25 kids in the United States does not live with either one of their parents. Four percent of all children in America, don't live with either of their biological parents. More than two-thirds of children today are living in what we would consider a non-traditional family environment. Now, these are just the statistics, not my opinion, statistics. Of course, in God's original design, he gave to us He gave to us what was the best for us. What he designed for his children, what he designed and gave to his creation was what was best for us. But because of our sin and our desire to reject God and our desire to be our own God, Humanity has completely jeopardized God's original plan for family and for children, and pretty much we've made a complete mess of it. And then what the church has done is that we have stigmatized. Now, what does the word stigmatized mean? It means worthy of disgrace, of great disapproval, meaning that we have now made Broken family looked down upon and taboo within the church. How funny. We stuffed it up and then we made it look bad, especially in the church. Of those that have failed in their marriage, of those that failed having a healthy family, of those, and, and, and then what we've done is we've labeled them broken, we've labeled them disgraceful. We've labeled them damaged. We've labeled them no good. And what the church has done is we have made it harder for people to come and be a part of the church rather than accepting them in. See, so many times when we preach on family, when we talk about marriage or we talk about dating or single people, 99% of the time is, is you would hear a passage like the one we read in Ephesians of what God designs. And, and, and we would assume that we're talking to the married people or the people that are getting ready to get married and the people that have just gotten married in their honeymoon stage and the people that have the, the beautiful kids that, that have grown up and disciplined and, and all those people are like, yes, that's fantastic. I'm exactly in line with what God designed and what we forget. What we forget is we're also talking about people that are divorced. We're also talking about people that are widowed. We're also talking about people that were abused. We're also talking about those that were adopted. And we're also talking about those that were neglected. Because we forget. We forget that the whole word of God is for all of humanity. What about them? Isn't that still part of God's family in some kind of broken and dysfunctional way? Friends, please listen to me carefully tonight. To those who are married, to those that are single, to those that are divorced, to those that have been widowed, to those that have been abused, neglected, adopted, Each of you is a part of God's plan. Each of you matter to God. God's love for his creation does not have different levels for different people. There is no favoritism in God's eyes as there may be in ours, as there may be in the church. See, the reality is within every marriage is two sinful people. With every family is a sinful father, a sinful mother, and sinful children. And we like to talk about standards. Well, friends, the Bible tells us that there's only one standard, and that's God's standard. And every single human does not meet that standard of perfection and sinlessness. Everyone is broken. There is not a marriage, there is not a family in this world that is not broken and does and, and, and makes the standard of God. There's none. Of course, God hates divorce. Of course, God hates abuse. Of course. God hates disobedient children because none of that, none of these things were a part of God's original design for his children. He wanted the best for his creation and it was his creation that stuffed it up. It was humanity that because of our sinfulness and our sinful nature, we turned gold into rubbish. And what's funny is we turn gold into rubbish and then we point the finger back at God and go, why did you make me like this? Why did you ruin my life like this? How funny we are. God, God has made it very clear in Scripture that he designed marriage and he designed family for his purposes. Yes, we made a right mess of it. Humanity has made a right mess of it. But that does not mean that God has given up on families and marriage. As much as God hates sin, and as much as God hates the... the the disobedience of humanity. To the broken people whom we are all, God draws close to us. Psalm uh, Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. God's love for us is not conditional on our behavior. God's love for us is not conditional on the way that we act or even the outcome of our lives. The success and failure does not change the love of God. God's love was there from the beginning and is there now. Romans 5.8 But God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not Once we became better, Christ died for us. Not once we became sinless, Christ died for us. No, Christ died for us while you and I were still sinning and rebelling against God. That's His love. That's the demonstration of God's love for His people. It's got nothing to do with our behavior. It's all got to do with the heart of God. And you know what Jesus says? To all those that are broken, all those that are fragile, all those that come from broken families. And we're all broken. You know what Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight? 28? He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus doesn't say, come to me, all who are broken. I'll tell you what you did wrong. I'll tell you how to do this better. I told you you should have listened to me. he says, all you who are weary and burdened, all you who are broken, all you who are just trying to make things work, come to me and, and I will give you rest. Why? Because God loves families. God loves marriage. God loves children. All families matter to God. All families matter to God. All shapes and sizes. The ones that seem to be working and the ones that are absolutely shattered, they all still matter to God. God has not given up. Just because we stuffed it up doesn't mean that God's going to throw that out. Please hear this about you. Hear this about your marriage. Hear this about your children. My oldest son just turned 13. He is now officially a teenager. I am officially a father of a teenager, and my hair just went grayer. Like nothing happened. He just hit his birthday, and I just became more stressed. Right? <sighs> God still has plans for your kids, regardless of who they are, regardless of what they're going to do. Maybe you're single. Maybe you're single by choice, and that's great. But maybe you're not single by choice. You're just single. A lot of people in, in our church at the moment just looking at each other. Right? It's not that God is like, look, once you get married, I will look after you. You know, sometimes I think that's that's the biggest issue when we get to passages like this. They become irrelevant for anyone that's not married and that doesn't have children. And that's not the case. God is not speaking to a niche community. God is speaking to his people that this all affects you matter. You matter to God exactly where you're at. You matter to God exactly where your marriage is at. You matter to God exactly where you're at as a, 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 with your children. You matter to God. Families, Families matter to God. Marriages matter to God. So please hear that tonight. Please hear that for where you're at. Now, just to close, I do want to speak to a few groups of people once again, because I feel like God really wanted to use this sermon series to really speak to some people personally. You know, and I know you're you're watching me on a screen, or you're going to listen to me later on a podcast, but I believe God's going to speak. So, the first group of people I'd like to Address are those that are, are divorced. How many sermons do you hear about divorced people? Hey, it's all right. I think we need to hear some more. For those who are hearing this and have gone through a divorce or a separation or maybe your marriage is on the brink of a divorce or a separation. Most likely it's probably just become that little bit harder for you to come to church and be accepted because the church and the people of the church have labeled you as damaged goods, unwanted, broken. Firstly, from the bottom of my heart, on the behalf of the church, I really want to say sorry. It's actually quite ignorant of us to label divorced people as broken and, and without really acknowledging that everyone's broken and to think that divorced people are lower or even if we go one more step, children of separated parents as if you came from a lesser of a family and therefore you are less of a person and if you ever felt that in church or someone ever gave you that kind of impression I'm really sorry. Because that's not God's heart. That's just the brokenness of people speaking. You know, really like during that time when you were going through that separation or your parents were going through a separation and, and you needed the church to embrace you, if the church wasn't there, You know, we're sorry. You know, you were going through your own battles. You're trying to just get through life. And instead of helping you, the church probably made it harder for you. And we're sorry. We're sorry we weren't there for you. You're not damaged goods, you're not worthless. Yes, you're broken just like all of us. And I pray that as God draws near to you in your brokenness, that you would draw near to him. He's the only one that will ever satisfy us. He's the only one that will truly accept us for who we are in our broken state and embrace you because he loves you. He loves you. You're not a less of a person to him because of what's happened in your life. He loves you and you matter to him. Secondly, and I I just titled this other forms of dysfunction because there's just so many. Maybe you're still married but your marriage is hanging by a thread. Maybe you're in an abusive relationship that you just can't get out of. You can't talk about it with anyone, but you're just experiencing abuse at home. Maybe you grew up in that kind of a family full of abuse from your parents. Maybe you grew up not even knowing who your parents were. Maybe you grew up without a mom. Maybe you grew up without a dad. And even those that are the abusers, whether you know it or not, even you, God cares about you because you matter to him. He cares about you because you matter to him. Even in each of our broken states, Even in each of our dysfunctions as a family, as a marriage, as a child or a parent. God loves you so much. God loves you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you. So that whoever believes in him will have eternal life with the perfect father in heaven. I know that when we start talking about these things, there's a lot of feelings of guilt and shame. But Scripture tells us that there is no condemnation. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. You don't have to feel guilty and you don't have to feel ashamed when you come to Christ. Maybe there are some of you that are struggling to just move forward out of the dysfunction of your family. Some of you have just stuck in that space. You you just don't know how to get out of it. Romans 8.28 reads, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Can I just tell you? Can I just tell you? God didn't want this broken life for you. I didn't want this broken life for you. But that doesn't mean that if you're broken, that God's going to throw you out. God can still use you. God can still use you as a part of his plan. God is not done with you. So friends, on this Mother's Day, whatever family you grew up in, whatever family you have now, whatever the state of your marriage is, whether you're together, whether it's abusive, or whether you've separated and divorced, God still loves you. God still loves you. Even in your brokenness, and he wants you to draw near to him. Psalm 51, 17, and I'll close with this. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. Friends, I pray that, that tonight you will draw close to him. That you wouldn't let the state of your family or the state of your marriage stop you from going to God. But you will draw closer to him, closer than ever, knowing that that you matter to him and that he loves you and he'll never stop loving you. I pray that you will hear that tonight, that you'll be embracing of the truth of God tonight and that you'll be loved by God tonight. Let's pray.